Over the last two decades, I've been on a quest to learn everything I can about leadership, obsessed with what makes the best leaders so good. After running companies small and large for the last 20 years, today I speak on stages all across the world to audiences who are interested in that same question. My name's John Laredo, and I'm your host. I invite you to join me on this journey as we explore this topic, what makes the best leaders so good. Welcome to Tomorrow's Leader. All right, welcome to the show today. You've got uh, Trevor Vaughn today, great guest, awesome conversation. I reconnected with him. He's an old fraternity brother of mine back in Rutgers University from the 90s, going way back. And uh, he and I reconnected recently, and what a cool story he has. Um, I think you're really going to like it. You're going to like him. You're going to love his story. And we talked about so many good things. I mean, just the role of failure in your life and and not having failure. We talked about stepping outside comfort zones. We talked about egos. So many good things and so many great stories. And here's a guy who really found out what was what happiness really is and also what was not making him happy, uh, despite what other people might think. Um, and just a really uplifting, inspirational story. So I know you're going to like it. Enjoy. Here's Trevor. All right, welcome to today's episode of Tomorrow's Leader, where we dive deep on all things leader-related, related to leading yourself, of course, and leading other people. I've got a good friend of mine who I've known from college days. We actually have reconnected recently, and uh, I get a chance to hear his story, and it's a fascinating story. So uh, I am really excited about today's guest. He runs a company that does mindfulness and yoga for schools in the New York City metro area. Uh, that's what he's doing today, and we're going to get into his journey. So Trevor Vaughn, welcome to the show. John, thank you for having me. Um, you know, I'm, I'm really enjoying reconnecting. I mean, I, when I saw your stuff coming out, I mean, it's, you know, our ideals just uh, seem to be very unified, and I've just gotten a lot of value out of what you bring bringing lately. So it's a real pleasure and a real honor for you to have me on. So I appreciate well, that. Thanks, buddy. I'm looking forward to you uh, you adding value to our listeners today. So you and I, uh, again, had a great conversation the other week, and I was just like blown away by what you've done and accomplished and your story, I thought was just really fascinating. So, you know, why don't we just start there? I mean, I'd love to have you tell the tale and the story of, you know, we go back to college days. Uh, we lost track of each other, I think, after college. But take us back to, you know, after college, what you were doing at that point. So, John, so when, you know, when we knew each other, I was just an engineering student at Rutgers University, uh, minding my own business, sort of. But, uh, I, you know, I, so I start getting into my later and in, into my engineering career and I decided I don't really like it. But um, one of our friends, a common friend of ours, um, he owned a company that was on the commodities exchange and uh, he invited me to work down there for the summer. So uh, I, I went down and the first day I went down there, I was in love. It was like the trading pits, the, the noise, the action, and uh, like it's, and I just, if you want to know the truth, I never went back to Rutgers. Like I only graduated only a couple of years ago. So I was just so intoxicated by, um, just by the numbers, the action. You know, I was a, a, I was a relatively poor kid from Queens. So it was not the money and, you know, and also yeah, I was like very good in the with movies, numbers the excitement stuff. of the, 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 the trading floor and everything just as it just oh, like it was intoxicating. You know, yeah. it's, if you ever seen trading places, yeah. That was the exact trading. Uh, like we were right next to the frozen concentrated orange cheese. I was in natural gas. So, wow. you know, all that stuff. 
most of that stuff really happens, you know? Yeah. And um, so things were good. I mean, I liked it and I was uh, pretty good at it. I was, I had some talent with numbers. Uh, I was able to identify value for my customers. And um, so I never went back to Rutgers and things looked uh, good for a while. And uh, I was having a good time. I was, you know, moving, I was elevating my career and things were fun, but I uh, have a history. Like I was a guy who liked to go out. I like to party. I like to entertain. Now that quality, the yin yang of the whole situation was I was young and they love to take me out with customers. I love to go out with customers, but you know, I got hooked, needless to say. Mm-hmm. And you know, the more I, uh, the, the better I did, the more my habits went up, so to say, you know, I was, you know, fond of uh, drinking and the, some of the other stuff that goes on down there. And, um, for a while it was fine and I didn't really notice. And people told me that, that I was great because I was able to produce for my companies. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I, I, when I was, a, when I was younger, I was really involved in service and I started getting away from that. And I started believing I'm a big believer of you are the five people you hang out with the most. Mm-hmm. I agree hundred percent. And so these people well, you know, it's like the monkeys in the barrel. I started following the monkeys in the barrel. And so we got to a point where, you know, I was like 28 years old and I was doing very well and I was making a lot of money. My habits were going on, like the, the, the drinking and all that hadn't really affected my career yet, but it, you know, it was starting to like, you know, the hangovers and all that started to uh, really, uh, you know, become more and more. And I'm, so one day I had my best day. It's still to the, today was the day I made the most money in one day. And I was with my boss who was killing it. He was my idol at the time. And so afterwards, we're going to a, a Pearl Jam concert on Long Island at Jones Beach. And, you know, we just made basically six figures that day. For individuals, not a bad day. And uh, Well, that's a great year to, for most people. Yeah. <laughs> so what did we talk? We talk what? So this was some big money. This was one check. It's a bonus check. Yeah, no, this is just a day's commission. Wow. Like, yeah. So, like, I mean, we got paid twice a year. So, imagine a bunch of those stocked up together. It was yeah. pretty good. Yeah. But anyway, I'm driving out with my friend, and he, you know, I'm like, you know, I'm going to keep his name out of it, but we have the life. This is it. This is everything that we've worked for. This is, you know, I can't get any better than this. Sunday night, we're going to go see a show. We made a boatload of money today. And he turns to me and he goes, what are you talking about? Like my, my, my wife uses me like a cash machine. My kids are not appreciative. I have friends with helicopters. I have friends that own companies. And, and I was sitting there and this is a person who I idolize. And I was like, and then it dawned on me. I had one of those like breakthroughs and I saw that like, it was never going to be enough. Cause you know, I was never going to be satisfied. Right. And then of course I knew at the time that I had these other issues that were only compounding. So then from then on, I always had this pit in my stomach and things kind of changed there for me. And, you know, I always kind of knew then like the truth was revealed to me, like that this was never going to satisfy me. So I went another 10 years, you know, a lot you of people stayed in it for another 10 years after that, that was your wake up moment, but you still kept on there for, Oh years. yeah. Well, I was, I was hooked with the other stuff. Yeah. And, you know, so for a while it was up, up, up 2008 comes along, you know, all of a sudden things start becoming computerized. I was a quant, 
like as uh, you know, my mind was a quant. I was good with the numbers. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, uh, when you when you have computer, computers are better quant than a person. Yeah. So like my value started going down a little bit. Uh, my performance started getting, um, and my quality of life was just getting terrible. So anyway, thing, I was suffering. I was suffering, and to a point where 2013, right around this time last week, one day I woke up in the uh, ICU. And I woke up in the ICU and I'm like, uh-oh, we're not in Kansas anymore. And, um, you know, I woke up, I was in a coma for three days and I was, uh, you know, I was told that I had an organ failure, that I blew out my liver, my pancreas and all that. And my parents were there and they live in Ireland. So when I see them, I know it wasn't Thanksgiving, you know, it was just like, wow. I, I knew something was up. And uh, so you don't remember anything about it up until waking up at, in the ICU? No. And no symptoms before then, nothing. No, no, actually over the last, like, like I've actually been good physical health, mm-hmm. but the last six months before that I had lost about 40 pounds. Oh, like wow. it really started to, to, to but you know, my Inten- denial. Intentionally or unintentionally? I just, you just started. Oh no, just, uh, I just, you know, my body started getting signs of shutdown. Yeah. Anyway. So I go, I go to the hospital. Um, I have a, I have a clarifying moment. I'm like, I'm like, I'm, I'm done with this. I go to rehab all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, I haven't drank or done anything since. So I'm seven years sober last week. Congrats. That's huge. A big yeah. deal. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I get, so I get out of uh, rehab and I, you know, um, I go back to work and, you know, the, I'm, I'm like, I have to take my series seven at the time. So I'm studying for that. And I'm just not feeling this much anymore. And, um, I say to myself, I'm like, Hmm, what, you know, am I actually helping or hurting? The situation like if, if i make 20 grand but am i hurting or helping mm. so i keep on having this conversation with myself and so well right around uh two weeks before uh january 1st 2014 i tell my boss i'm like you guys have been great like my my, my company was very supportive at the time actually most of the people are very very supportive then and still you know like everyone was kind of in it at the time so um i just i just retired and i went back to Rutgers. And uh, I was still very sick, though. I was, my body was very, um, you know, I was still like about still 150 pounds. Wow. I had not, you know, I was very sick. And um, one of my friends told me to do, start doing yoga. So I started doing yoga and uh, I started doing it daily. And over the next two months, I gained close to 25 pounds. And my That's doctor said, hey, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. Hmm. So I went from a regimen of 13 pills a day to zero pills a day in about six months. And this is where my life went. So I started teaching, you know, I started uh, working with, you know, I started uh, working with mindfulness and it led me to start this company because for a while I wasn't sure what my purpose was. And uh, I was told maybe you should work with some kids, but then the business part of my mind said, Hey, um, a lot of people could um, really, really benefit from this. And I saw the value of it and it made me feel good. Mm-hmm. So I started calling up local schools and in about two years, like my company, which I started Hudson seed went from one school to 25 schools. So that's kind of where yeah. we are right now. That's huge. And you know, we, we, we supply uh, yoga mindfulness programs to thousands of kids. Yeah. And like I said, I go to work doing what I love and at the same time, and, it, and it's a very successful business at the same time. We, yeah. we serve low end, we serve high end. You know, I don't, I do not believe that um, I, I don't believe you do, you don't have to you can't do well by and do good at the same time. 
Yeah. I think that's like a misnomer in our society. Right. That, that people like such as teachers and all that and mm-hmm. or and this I think that you can marry the two. Yeah. If you do with purpose and with a good plan. So so let me ask you this, Trevor. You uh, first of all, uh, again, amazing story and uh, what a what a uh, great place that you're in and you're now helping other people get it. There's a lot of people that are listening that have never done yoga. I've done it a little bit uh, enough so that I know some values of it, but I still haven't done it a lot. What did you get from yoga when you started doing it? It sounded like that kind of began the turnaround for your life. Well, what do you get a, from it? It's sort of a reboot for my nervous system. Now, it's it's sort of also like a daily thing that you do that's healthy for yourself. Mm-hmm. Like uh, my mom, she gardens and walks, but I consider herself a great yogi. Like one of the things I respect about you, you were always in awesome physical shape. You had a routine, you had discipline. It's one of the reasons why we're talking today. And it does, yoga doesn't have to be yoga. It could be CrossFit. It could be biking. It could be running. But it's a daily dedication mm-hmm. over a long period of time mm-hmm. with a purpose. Right. Like that actually is the true definition of yoga. Like the, but we take it for the poses. But yeah. those three things, those are, if you do, if you apply those three qualities to anything positive, mm-hmm. technically that's yoga. So that's so. Say that again. It's daily dedication with a purpose. Yes. What was the other? Uh, like you know, uh, with 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 sincerity mm-hmm. over a long period of time. Okay, got it. Like to something that serves, like you know, society or yourself. Yeah, you know? that's awesome. So so uh, how how did you you made the decision to to get into helping kids through this? What was that? You said you, a friend suggested it to you. Where does the passion for that come in? Was there? Oh, well, I was uh, doing some corporate work and I was working with some corporations and, um, you know, it was, it was fine. But, um, someone said, Hey, you listen, you should go volunteer in the back of town with like some of these underprivileged kids. And I'm like, I don't want to work with kids. Are you kidding me? Like what, what? And then all of a sudden the other part of my brain goes, you know, this is good. You know, you should try this. And I went and I got the juice. I got the juice. Yeah. You know, so the like I said, the, the other day I'm walking out of my apartment and, you know, schools have been shut down. So I've been working virtually. And I see this pack of kids. I mean, I do. I have classes from kids ages three to 18. Wow. And they're on this little duck walk where it's like they all have the little, um, you know, the little circles. And they're like, there's a string of about 14 kids. They're following each other down the road. And all of a sudden I hear Mr. Trevor and these kids explode. And it was one of my schools. Wow. Now, I can't get that anywhere else. Yeah, you that's amazing. I mean? Like, just to know that these people have been affected, it was just, you know, it was, yeah. it was just tremendous. But I didn't know I'd like it until I did it. Yeah, oh, which is you a lot I mean? of things. I think a lot of people realize that. They, they're afraid to try something or do something because they think they won't like it. And for you, you found out you loved it once you got doing it. Well, the thing about service, too, is like helping people is for people like in the, um, like the Jack Welsh uh, business model of Neutron, like, everything's an excel sheet everyone's a profit center like it's like huh if i do this and this and i don't get x out of it like some people put service in and they're like human i didn't get anything out of it there's nothing like i I put a plus b but there's no c yeah and the c comes later or it comes in ways that are is not it doesn't seem directly related and that's good companies work that way you know you have your apples and you know like serve and even people even like talk crap about Amazon. Amazon technically is a service company that yeah. provides services. Right. Exactly. So you, you know what I mean? Like, so like yeah. if you're doing providing service to society, 
and you're doing it in a, an efficient and uh, good manner, yeah. the rewards will come. Just maybe not as fast as you'd like them to. I'll tell you what, man, I could not agree more. And I think that in and of itself, there's so many people out there that can provide so much value and they look at it that way, whether it's companies or individuals that, hey, this is, I'm, I'm making an investment. If I don't get a return on this investment that's direct and it's quick and it's significant, I'm not going to do it. But you know, your realization and your point, which I, again, agree 100% is you've got to provide the value. You've got to make the impact. And over time, there's going to be rewards. You're going to get, number one, you're going to love what you're doing. You're making a true impact. And then over time, that's going to come back. And it may not be clear where it's coming back from or what, when or what degree, but it does, is what you found out. Well, it's funny. It's, it's clear looking backwards now. Yeah. It's very clear because I see the favor I did for someone two years ago was the one who hooked me into a company here or something like that. Right. Um, so a good story about that. So I was working for um, Head Start, which it serves like 8,000, uh, sorry, 8 million like underprivileged kids in America. And they asked me to do um, a kid's classes up in... Um, up in Bergenline Avenue. So it's predominantly uh, Hispanic. I don't, you know, so it's like low income, whatever. So I went in to do some classes and I went in, it was sweltering, 100 degrees August, went in class, they had one kid there. And they're like, oh, Mr. Vaughn, we're sorry. I'm like, I served one person, I served thousands, the same. So then next week, three kids came. Next week, five kids came. Next week, eight kids came. And they're like, and then it was a four week program. So I was like, okay, whatever. She recommended me to the city of Hoboken because she's like, this guy went in and did this for our kids. So now one of our clients is the whole city of Hoboken with a couple hundred kids. Wow. Now, if I had not stayed in the room with the one kid, the three children, right. the five children, and showed that right. tenacity, why would they recommend you for anything? Exactly. That's such a great lesson. I love that. So I, and I think back, I think that's what you're doing. I think is amazing because I think back when, when we were kids, like we never had anything like this. I mean, I, I didn't even know what yoga was, how to spell it. I mean, that was not anything, at least I had any kind of exposure to until I was way out of school. And I'm like, wow, that makes so much sense. Like if we had gotten, I just think about it, if you and I and people in our age group had started and learned about and practiced mindfulness when we were kids, what would that have done? Like, think about that. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, it's not about yoga for me. Like, I teach, um, I teach uh, classes on Tuesday for this place called CrossFit Bison. It's uh, one of my friends who I sat next to on the trading floor. He said, "F it, one day I'm going to become." Cro and now his his box is number one in America. So, so me and him work together, and I'm like, you know, um, I said, "Hey, let me uh, teach yoga and mindfulness to your box." And I'm like, I don't want to necessarily want to bring the yoga. I want to bring the mindfulness and their classes. They love me because I'm not pushing yoga on them. I'm saying this mindfulness stuff is going to get, give you better personal times, mm -hmm. help you with your WODs, workouts of the days. And like a lot of these um, CrossFit people, they practice every day. They're there at 530 in the morning. Mm -hmm. They practice with desire, devotion. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like right. that's the same thing. Right, right. So what are, what are some of the things that you're, you're talking to people and teaching them about now? I mean, you got, for those that might be watching this at a different time, we're in the middle of COVID and obviously some significant stresses and anxieties. What are you working with them on? Well, I mean, just controlling your nervous system, uh, like the breath. The breath is the king of the mind. You know, uh, are you see, you see, like, my opinion, we won't get into it. True leaders 
have have emotional regul like uh, one of my things for schools is emotional regulation, self regul self regulation. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. to be able to self regulate, mm -hmm. to be able to observe a situation instead of react, and you know, being able to act and and see a situation for what it is. Yeah. You know, also to know what you can control and what you can't control. Right. I mean. It seems simple, but I, you know, I think of 85 to 90 percent of people out there have no idea what is in their locus of control and what is outside their locus of control. And they worry about and focus on the things they have no control over or very little influence over even. Now, imagine, you know, say you were, um, you know, say you have a, a portfolio of, uh, of, of, of like, say, you know, 100 stocks. And so 85 of the st of stocks went down and 15 of the stocks went up. Would you keep on, would you pump all your money into the 15 stocks or would you just keep on pumping money into the 85%? Like you'd be like, no, that's stupid. I put all my money in the 15. Whereas you have 85% of your life, you cannot control these factors. You could control 15%, but we spend, we're, we're throwing money in at, at bad, at bad, um, at bad investments. Mm-hmm. Right. That's a great way. So when you're talking, uh, when you're working with kids, I mean, are kids, quick to understand this i mean what's their well, the kid, kids are kids are not well, programmed negatively already kids yeah. are more enthusiastic it, like it's the same it's the same thing when i do for adults but adults are like i know that yeah right i was uh one time i was um i was in i was doing a thing uh, for a c-suite of a company and you know i was talking to one of the people in the c-suite and uh, you know he was he had a lot of meetings to do he was getting very frustrated he goes I don't have time to breathe. And I said, could you write that down for me? Just write that down. Thank you. Like, you know, like yeah. I don't have time to breathe. Right. Like, yeah. So tell yeah. me how you do in about five minutes after you stop breathing. Yeah. You know, it's like right. the person who is, whose ego is completely in control of the situation. Yeah. And the, the, you know, the other part of their brain is shut down. Well, I find the best, the most successful people, the happiest people are the people that, that don't have it. Ego gets in the way. Ego gets in the way of growth. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a horrible thing. There's a healthy component to ego, but then when you get past that, it becomes a major blockage, I think, to. Oh yeah. Like, you know, like as a, so as a yoga person, people think like, I don't like, like the ego. Like that's, that's a misnomer too. Um, the ego is like, I always say to like my clients, I've done this with schools when I do um, development days. I'm like, Say like the ego is your bouncer, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, the ego gets a lot of stuff done. You need a bouncer to keep you safe, to yeah. keep your business protected. But would you let your ego run the books? Right. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, Great point. Yeah. You know, so like, right. but no, no, you would not. So like yeah. the ego is, a, the ego is a tool of the mind. Yeah. It's just another part of it. If yeah. you use it, you know, getting your, getting stuff done, that's your ego. Yeah. But you have to, you know, give that, you have to, the ego has to not believe it's in charge. Yeah. Like you have to let you, your mind's in charge, the ego's not in charge. So when you, I want to go back to something you said a few minutes ago, you talked about the fact that kids are, you know, they haven't, they haven't learned negative thoughts yet. Oh, and, yeah. and so talk about that. Like, that's interesting because you, as adults, I mean, everybody has negative thoughts and you have to learn how to convert those and change those. But what it talk, talk about the kids and Hey, do, hey guys, you want to breathe? Yeah. Does it feel good? Sure. Uh, uh, you know, like they're just open to suggestion and you, you could create patterns with them a lot easier mm -hmm. because uh, they haven't been taught the negative, like we're working against a lot of negative patterns. Right. All of us, yeah. you know, 
they're just highly suggestible. I mean, it, to tell you the truth, that's it. I mean, um, they don't have as much to unlearn. It's not like they're trying. It. They're that's clean it. slate. <laughs> you know, because we're we, you know we're arrogant when we get older. Yeah. You know, it's like we 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 you know we were afraid. It's a lot of it's fear based. A lot of our fears have built up because we'd rather uh, deal with the comfort of our misery than like trying something new. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and you're, you're absolutely right. You know, you get just ingrained these habits, these ways of thinking, it just becomes you. Uh, you've with everything you've gone through and what you're doing now, how, how has that, let's talk about leadership. How has that made you a better leader? What have you taken out of that? All right. Yeah. Because we were talking about this before. Now, you know, I had this idea for this company a couple years ago. And my practice was sort of, uh, you know, it was, it was steady, but it wasn't as, it wasn't as tight. I was, it was I was a little bit more uh, like, what do they say? All hat, no horse, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I decided when I, so I would hire some teachers and I was just kind of administrating and I realized it wasn't working at first. It was just a little bit. And then I realized like, I'm like, I'm going to start meditating every morning. I'm going to practice every morning. And then I'm going to start, I'm going to see what happens. I'm just going to do an experiment. And then all of a sudden, people see the, that, that you're doing it. You're more believable. You're just authentic. Right. I mean, you, people are watching you when you don't think they're watching you. Like kids are watching you. People, you know, if you're in an office and you're a leader and you're on the, you're on the phone talking to somebody, there's someone looking at how, how, how is this guy acting? Mm-hmm. Why yeah. should I do what he's, why should I do what he or she is doing? when they won't even practice it themselves. Right. Like, it, I mean, it's, it, but if you see the leader coming in at 6 a.m. or the leader taking out the garbage, you know, like, oh, wow, that leader just uh, like, uh, changed the garbage in the, you know, in the, in the, um, in the public kitchen, mm-hmm. put it away. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe I shouldn't be such a slob. Right, right. People watch what you do. That's exactly right. Leaders always on stage. And there's nothing worse than somebody who's inauthentic because you can't follow somebody who's inauthentic. Nobody wants to follow somebody who's inauthentic. But what you found is what I think a lot of people, you know, they understand a concept. Like, you know, you talk about people that I think if you ask most people, you know, if you had a morning routine, would it help make you, would it help uh, produce a better day for you? I think most people would agree, yeah, okay, I would see it might even make just a 1%, it might be 50%, but it's going to make a difference. But how many people actually do it? Until you do it and practice it, you really, even though you believe in it, you, you uh, understand it, you're really not believing it in until you do it and you don't see the results until you do it. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a comfort, it's a comfort thing. Yeah. You know, comfort, you know, people equate comfort with success. And that's a, that's a huge misnomer. Right. You know, like when I was uh, in Wall Street, you know, I had million dollar apartment. You know, I sat there, you know, I sat there with my vodka or whatever, but hey, I know what's going on. You know, you can't tell me what to do, mm-hmm. but you know, I was very comfortable, but like, was I successful? Was I happy in my life? And, you know, even with business, so say I was achieving X or making X. Now that I look back on it, I could have been doing 10 X. Yeah. If I had taken care of this, this guy. Yeah. Do you feel like you got complacent? Was, was oh, it- absolutely. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I was, a, you know, I grew up poor. I was a hungry, hungry kid. So complacency can hit us all. Yeah. Yeah. You know? 
So what would that, so and I, I, we're jumping around a little bit, but I find that fascinating. Like here you were, you're in your 20s, you're crushing it, you're making tons of money, you're uh, uh, living in New York City, working on Wall Street, like the lifestyle that people see in movies. I mean, legitimately, we were talking about that earlier. Um, but you felt like that trajectory was going to lead you to like, not only not happiness, but it sounds like misery almost like you felt that was not going to be a fulfilling path for you yet that's the path that a lot of people kind of dream of in some cases right well, you, we're told we're told it is you know i mean and also your friends will tell you like you know when you quit you we're like when my friend quit his job to open a crossfit i was like you are an idiot you're making a couple hundred thousand dollars a year you're gonna you're gonna be a sweaty crossfit trainer and then you but, but the, and all this negative reinforce like you said it's the barrel monkeys you know the thing about it is if someone succeeds doing the thing that you're afraid to do, then you are exposed. Right. And I would say that's a lot of us, you know, it's like, Oh man, you mean I could have actually gotten out of this mess? Yeah. You know, it's like, it's, it's sabotage. Yeah. Well, you know, and again, you, you took the leap, you left something that, you know, I, I mean, there's people that leave a career, but you left something that was producing a lot of, a lot of money, but you felt like it was, well, I was lucky to almost, like I said, when people say the, like ending up in the ICU for most, like, they're like, that's awful. That's the, the best day of my life. Yeah. Wow. When I woke up, because I was actually freed from the shackles of the old life. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to start this new. I got, you know, all the people I used to talk to, I don't, you know, they're not, I don't see anyone uh, hanging out at the ICU with uh, flower baskets or anything like that. Yeah. You know, I decided, right. I'm just like, I'm just going to re just redo this thing. And what's funny is a lot of the people that not everyone's, I, I got a lot of people came back into my life, but I got to reselect them. Mm-hmm. And that, and that, that's, that's such a good point, right? You're, you're choosing who you're going to surround yourself with, not just, not just letting it happen, not let it be an accident, right? You're being deliberate about it. Yeah. I mean, if, if one thing I'd say um, for people like, you know, uh, like it's hard to control like a lot of your habits, say waking up early and but we can definitely like if you um, editing the our circle, or adding a good person and just someone who just isn't giving you respect or time back. These are easy edits. Your life will change in ninety days. I mean, how about this? It's an experiment. I will refund you your misery if you uh, if you try it and it doesn't work. Right. I love that. Yeah, and I. You know, there's a lot of people that are listening that are probably feeling stuck in a part of their life or maybe their entire life might be their career. It might be a relationship. It might be, you know, a way of life or a bad habit. Um, What do you say to somebody like that, that that is acknowledging that there's a fear they don't want to change or they don't they, they don't. It's fearful for them to go to the unknown and make a drastic change in their life. Speaking this from somebody who did it. I mean, what do you what do you how do you coach somebody like that? I would say just, you know, like pick something that you think would be uh, almost like easy to do. Mm-hmm. You start ba- building up little victories, you know? Um, so when I, when I had, when I left wall street, I went back to Rutgers to graduate and I got my degree. Now, do I need my degree? No, but I, it was that little piece of um, evidence to myself mm-hmm. that I could do it. Right. So next time when I wanted to go into a, a teacher training, I'm like, you know, I was, I'm a, 40 year old dude doing yoga. I can barely touch my toes. I can't do that. Well, you just graduated from college at 40. Why don't you try this? Oh, you, I want to start a company. Well, you did that and that, but like it first started with, um, you know, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to, 
I just chose a couple little habits, obviously one big habit, but I've seen people uh, in, uh, that are close to me. I say, What's, what are you passionate about? Like volunteer or do something that you really like to do. And all of a sudden, suddenly things are changing for them. They don't know why though. Yeah. Right. And, like, you know, I think people are, people make assumptions on what something's going to look like or another part of their life if they make a change. But in reality, I was talking about this with somebody the other day is you don't know until you take a step. You don't know what the van, what the perspective is going to be and what things are going to look like. You didn't know until you resigned and actually committed to a new way of life and, and changed your lifestyle. You didn't know some of the things that probably now presented themselves in oppor- as opportunities to you, right? Well, you know, I just said that's actually broke something in my mind. And I think this is going to be valuable. Um, well, say what I said something about, say, volunteering or doing something different. We undervalue our time spent doing what we want to do. So when you so say if I'm volunteering or doing a new habit, um, so that's that's a time in the Excel spreadsheet, right? So all of a sudden we've added something. We're doing something like maybe you didn't get an added value, you didn't get more dollars in your pocket or whatever. But like so, in your 24 hours, all of a sudden you've you've done something that you've changed your own life. You've empowered yourself. You've taken back a little of that powerlessness that you think you didn't have. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, like other things start changing because you're, because you're, you've, you've seen like, hmm, I didn't invest money or I didn't make money, but I was happier for an hour, uh, uh, like three more hours this week. Yeah. Right. And, and then also, but what happens in those three hours when you're happy, you weren't doing the, the stupid stuff that you would have been doing. You were, weren't like maybe watching TV for three hours. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. It's amazing. I get a lot of questions also from people about, you know, how do you build confidence or self-worth or self-esteem? And it's like, you know, my answer is always, there's never, there's no magic switch. There's no, you know, Hey, one day I am. And one day I'm not one day I am. It's a process and a journey. And it's like, okay, just start with this, get this little victory. And then once you get that, then go for this one and then go for this one. And before you know it, you're making these big leaps and bounds, right? Well, even in a Webster dictionary sense, you know, self-esteem, how do you build self-esteem? Do esteemable acts. Do what acts? Esteemable. Esteemable. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's, that is the definition. You start <laughs> doing esteemable acts, you will start getting self-esteem. Yeah. I mean, just, that's how it works. Yeah. Wow. So, so let's go back to Hudson Seed, your company. So you guys, you have expanded this company. You're now working with 25 plus schools in the New York City area. Uh, tell us a little bit about what your next, what you're now working on and what your next kind of phase is here. Well, it was, you know, it, obviously we've hit a little bump in the road that back, say, earlier in my life, I would have considered it very damaging. Well, I'm, you know, a, a company that we're in schools. Obviously, since COVID, we've not been in schools, but um, we've moved our platform online. So we're doing more of hybrid programming. So, you know, at first it was, at first it was, you know, it could have been taken as a, it's a change, it's a loss. But instead I, we, we switched uh, some of the things that we pushed, you know, we do stuff on Zoom and other platforms. And well, say I'm in the New York City metro area, that's because, you know, I can only have one body. Our teachers are only here. Well, I called the school system in San Francisco last week. That wasn't in my mind when I wasn't virtual. Mm, yeah, right. So every, everything is an opportunity. 
Yeah. You know, it's just, it's and it, until, until it's revealed to you, you know, like, but it, I mean, it seemed like the end of the world, but instead of panicking mm-hmm. and shutting down my own nervous system, like the creative part of my brain, you know, I, I spent some time meditating and then I realized, oh, wow, where, where can, where can this take us? Yeah. And now it's, you know, I've, um, I'm in discussions with someone where I could bring it to a couple hundred schools now wow. because we can just stream it everywhere. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's interesting. I've seen, I, I, I work with and talk with tons of businesses and I see some that are reaching the next level thing, companies like yours, where this has forced them to think out of the box and out of their yeah. comfort zone. And then I've got others that have gone almost out of business that I've seen or that are going to because they've been reluctant to, they just look at this pandemic as okay. Uh, and granted, there's a lot of horrible things that have come with it, but they look at it as okay, it's a, def- it's a defining moment and a statement for our company. We're just not going to be able to make it. And they, you know, what they obviously that becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. But uh, talk to me about that. You know, th- these kind of moments where you're forced into. Well, like I said before, you know, when I said uh, when I first uh, got um, when I first, you know, uh, st- went back to Rutgers, when I went, started a training, when I said started coming. Now I have these moments. I have a pad of what have I done from the beginning? So I look back and like, oh, well, 2013, you were in a hospital bed and yeah. they said you had six months to live. Let's start from there. Yeah. So, you know, it could always be worse. I mean, you know, um, life is good these days, you know, like we're still, we're still successful, you know, my family's back, everything's like that, but you can't get worse than that. Right. And then, so, so that happened. And then all of a sudden, you know, I actually had a company before this that actually didn't work out, but it led me to this company, Mm -hmm. but there's not really a defeat. You just, you look at you, you know, you start doing these little esteemable acts or little things. And you look back on history and you're like, this is just one moment. I mean, yeah. without failure, like I, like a person who hasn't failed, hasn't lived at all. Like, I think my problem in my twenties was it became way too easy. Right. And so when I first saw like uh, signs of failure, I didn't know how to deal with it. Is that right? Yeah, I, I, I absolutely believe that. I mean, you talk, you look, um, you know, you talk to any great like winner, like, you know, like, uh, is failing is like being learning how to fail is probably the, the best thing that you can learn to do. Right. Right. Exactly. I mean, there's tons of, I, I, I don't, I don't know a super successful individual or company that has ha- not had ma- massive failures in their life. But so you feel like that was y- your, that's an interesting point and concept that you would have almost rather had some failures early on. Cause that would have oh, strengthened yeah. you. Well, you know, what I think now is when, like, when something happens, I'm like, all right, what is this trying to teach me? Yeah. Like, right. well, what happens is, you know, it's sort of like, you know, you see the cloud, you see, you know, you, you see this much, but you don't see the, the bigger picture. Right. And the bigger picture is revealed from you. Like, oh man, I, I didn't see, you know, I didn't, I didn't have 360 vision on this. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, oh, well, I'm going to use this thing to help me build this thing better now. Right, exactly. I mean, think about a virus. A virus, um, you know, our antibodies, just in the human body. You know, we get attacked. The body learns about the virus in order to protect it the next time. Right. I mean, it is natural for humans. I mean, it's just, you know, that's it's part think, of our... Think about everything, how muscles grow. You know, you're breaking yeah. down the muscle and then it's that's growing it. stronger it, and it's bigger. It's natural. It's, 
we, we, we practice till failure. Right, right, exactly. You know, you've lifted weights. You know what about yeah. going to failure is? Right, exactly. Yeah, it's part of That's exactly right. So for that person that might be listening that, because this is another part, you know, category of person that, that is that 20 something year old version of you. That's, that's maybe in a phase of life, they've had really great success and really no failures, major failures yet. How do they prepare? What can they do? Well, the, the thing is, you know what, 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 who is hurt the most in failure? It's a rhetorical question. The ego is hurt. Yeah. The only person that's hurt in failure is the ego. Right. You know, my mom will still love me. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, like I'm the one who's like afraid to look stupid or fail, you know, like no, no one cares. Like, yeah. you know, like really no one cares. Right. Like, you know, you care the most, you know, yeah. you don't want to look stupid. Are you as an I? Yeah. I care the most. Uh, you you got to get over that. Like yeah. if once you could get over that and you're not afraid to try something new and feel like realize there's no physical, like most of it is not even physical pain. It's all mental pain yeah. that you've done to yourself. Right. Exactly. I mean, if I mean, the yeah. thing is you have to like, until you feel it yourself and then you realize uh, yeah, it isn't so bad or this is, this happened before to me five years ago and I didn't die. And things got a lot better afterwards because I, you know, I, I manned up and I dealt with it. Yeah. Well, it's, it's funny. Somebody said something to me once that really stuck out. And it was so true that, you know, you spend people spend so much time thinking about, OK, they want to do something or whatever it is, open up a business, start a podcast, whatever. They think so much about what other people are going to think and say. Oh. And, and somebody said something to me once. They're like, you know what? people don't really care about you that much. I mean, you're not that big of a deal where they're going to really be thinking, wow, what did John do that for? Whatever. It's like, and I'm like, yeah, it puts things in perspective, right? You're right. Yeah. It is all the stuff that's in our own mind. Our and, you know, it's funny. is I taught a couple people like, and not only Wall Street friends, but some other people, actually some of my Wall Street friends are like rooting for my company so much right now. It's, it's awesome. But um, I've had people like in my, um, you know, when I was putting together this company, they're like, there's no way you could do that. You can't do that because X, Y, Z. Well, and, and one day, you know, I, I was believing it. And then I, I just started doing it and I stopped believing it. And I'm like, how many billion dollar companies do you own? Right. I literally said to my, like my friend over, I'm like, like, you know, you're telling me this is a dumb idea. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. And what's the last idea you took a risk on? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you know, I was like, come on, you know, like, yeah. You just don't, you don't want to see, you know, I'm like, you don't want to see me do it because, because we're talking about it right now. No one's doing it. Right. And success is about doing the things that other people aren't willing to do. You do everything yeah. that everybody's willing to do. You're not going to have massive success or happiness or carve out a unique life for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So um, I, I know we're running a little short on time here. I got so many other things I, I want to ask you, but what, um, what's just a, a little bit about more about uh, the, the programs that you offer and what that looks like. So if, if there are schools out there that are listening right now, I mean, talk a little bit about what type of impact you make and what the program looks like a little bit. Oh yeah. So we, you know, we bring in mindfulness and yoga programs uh, like during the curriculum and after school, you know, once a week we're um, now because of this technology, we're starting to expand our programs where we do like a once a week class and it's reinforced uh, through an app, like, or uh, through online four times a week, you know, you go to the gym one time a week, you know, the gym's good for you. You start working out five days a week. The metrics go through the roof. I mean, uh, just the children's happiness. Um, you know, the, right now, like I, I say to my clients, I'm like, 
you don't have to believe my opinion about vanilla or chocolate. If I tell you an opinion, you can tell me to go shove it. Right now, all the science is out there. Mm-hmm. You know, happiness levels are up. Uh, you know, uh, kids, kids' detention levels go down. There's success in school goes up. I mean, it's the no-brainer of the no-brainer at this point. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just out there. Uh, it just... Uh, just, you know, happier families, you know, just, just people and like, you know, and, and business people, I mean, like my big thing was if, if business people were to adopt a lot of these practices, your businesses would be better. Yeah. You know, that's you'd attract better talent. Right. Right. You were telling me something, uh, last time we talked about, about one of the kids, or maybe it was one of the parents that said something about their kid. They're really oh, young yeah. displaying some kind of great coping mechanism or something. Yeah. So, um, I'm, I'm, I'm at a, I'm at a parent night and, you know, I do a lot of uh, breathing with the kids, you know, to, to tell them how to ease themselves. And, you know, so I'm, I'm going through my shtick where my programs are. And when we sell, a lot of times we get caught up in like what we think is good. And I, and I always find that like, it's best. Uh, so what I did was I, I opened it up to the parents and uh, we were talking about the breathing. And what, one, one parent goes, Hey, the other day I was having a, an argument with my husband and my, my kid goes, mama, why don't you just take a breath? You know, this is what we're learning. Mr. Trevor told us to take a breath. And then someone across the room, said, hey, my kid said that to me too. <laughs> now the school that I was in at the time, you know, trying to convince them to do more programs at that point, you know, I, I, I almost doubled the size of the company within like two months wow. because the people there were telling the value. Yeah. It was their story. Right. It wasn't how me telling you, you know, it's like me telling you how it's good for you. It's good to hear, you know, like your, your best your best, your best um, advertising will be your clients. Oh, without a doubt. Well, I just think about those kids 5, 10, 15 years from now. Like, what is that going to do for them to have been taught by you, exposed to mindfulness and yoga? I mean, I just, again, I wish I could rewind time and, and have done that in an early age. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. Well, John, I mean, I have to thank you so much, man. Like, so this is a pleasure today. I'm, you know, I think hopefully in the future we'll be working together on some other projects that we're talking about. You got it. And, uh, you know, it's a good afternoon and, uh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it, Trevor. Uh, honestly, you've, you've been fantastic guest. If people want to get a hold of you or find out more about your company, where do they go? Yeah. Um, we have a website. It's uh, www.hudsonseed.com. Hudson, like the river seed, you know, like the seed of a plant, Mm -hmm. you know, we, we can uh, hit me up there and, uh, like I said, if you think that your uh, your children or your school system or even your company could use it, we'll come out and visit and we'll implement some stuff and like make the world a better place. Awesome. Great stuff, my friend. Great reconnecting. Great having you on the show. And we'll have you back at some point, I'm sure. All right, John. Peace. All right. Thanks, everybody, for joining today. Be sure to like. Be sure to add comments, your suggestions, share, subscribe, all that kind of good stuff. Hope you enjoyed today. We'll see you next time, everybody. Thanks. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of Tomorrow's Leader for suggestions or inquiries about having me at your next event or personal coaching. Reach me at john at loritogroup.com. Once again, that's J-O-H-N at L-A-U-R-I-T-O-G-R-O-U-P dot com. Thanks. Lead on.